Now, this is a podcast all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down by the podcast Toby Haydope's Who's Round? Uh, I'm in the club for acts and actors again. Uh, if you want to stalk me, you'll know where to find me. But uh, I've, I'm so delighted that this uh, this one has occurred because there have been a couple of occasions where it could possibly have done and I didn't pluck up the courage, but we've done it. Uh, so I'm going to ask my latest victim to tell me who he is and why I'm talking to him about Doctor Who. Hello, hello, Toby. Hello, all. My name is Joseph Marcel. And um, I think... In fact, no, I don't think I know. I was in an episode of Doctor Who, and for heaven's sake, I cannot remember what it was called. Ironically, it's called Remembrance of the Daleks. Well, there you go. <laughs> yes, yes, but, Remembrance of the Daleks, yes. And actually, it's only a one-scene part, but what a beautiful scene and what a beautiful part. Do you remember much about it? Well, I remember it was... Do I remember much? Yes, I remember it was... Um, the tea shop at the edge of the universe and the doctor had a problem and he came to talk to his friend which was my character and for three minutes five minutes or in in, in the course of time I suppose perhaps you know two lifetimes he um he somehow calmed down, uh, reassessed his position, and went off again. Now, terrible about this is that I expected to have been recalled for that. I expected that to have been a recurring character, you know, the, um, the doctor's psychologist, but it never quite went that way. There's still time. There's a lady who's in Saturday's episode of Doctor Who who was last in it, returning, playing the same part in 1974. So oh, well, yes. There's, there's, still there's, time. Hope. there's hope for me yet. Yes. OK. Well, it was an interesting scene because it was all about, it's all about the sort of ripples of how one action can affect other actions. And your character says, and they talk about sugar. Yes. And your character says, well, if this sugar thing had never started, I'd be an African. Exactly, know, yes. So uh, so, yes. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> it... What, what was interesting for, for me about it, um, it, it was, it was the, the, my second time in um, working for the BBC in, in, a, in a famous television show, and it, uh, it, it, really, it really encouraged me. And, and, and the response from the audiences, even at that time, were, were, you know, was fascinating. It, it really was encouraging. And I, you know, I'm, I enjoyed Sylvester's company, and it was, it was magical, yes. He's an interesting actor, isn't he? He's, he really uh, is. He, he, he really is. And, and, and I think what, 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 he, what he was able to bring to the programme at that time, it was a kind of everyman feel. Um, it, 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 it was, it, he was neither um, aristocratic or working class. He was simply a very, very intelligent um, a doctor who knew much more than he let on. And, um, and he was able... Able to, he was able to speak, to talk to everybody. He was, it, yeah, it, it, it really was marvellous, yes. And it was directed by Andrew Morgan, who cast you in Juliet Bravo prior <laughs> yes. to that. Yes, yes. And we, we had been on the, the Derbyshire Moors to, to do Juliet Bravo in the middle of, I think it was January. My God, anyway, let's not go there. <laughs> Uncomfortable. <laughs> Uncomfortable. And, um, and, what, and, of course, if you're going to be in Doctor Who, you should be in a Doctor Who with the Daleks. So. Ah. Uh, 
Yes. Exterminate, destroy the... Yes. But, you know, it, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like your childhood coming, coming to life, where, you know, you, you've dreamt of these things, you've watched these programs, and, you know... You, of course, I'd like to be in it. Awfully good money and all that stuff. And then it actually happens, you know. And, and people say, you know, my, my father's friends used to say, I saw your boy on Doctor Who. You know, <laughs> all of a sudden, you become really important. So would you have had to have auditioned for that? Or because Andrew knew your work, would you have just been... Um, uh, it, in my, my, my remembrance of it was that it was an offer, yes. Yes. Right. yes. I, I, I think I had, I had done, um, oh, what was it called? It was about an oil company, mogul. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, troubleshooters. Troubleshooters. Yeah. I had done, yes, that was, yeah, that was my, my first BBC, then that. Um, and, yes, Juliet Bravo. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's... Doctor Who is a, 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 a mere smidgen of a very illustrious uh, uh, career in CV. So let's let's find out how you got there, what, and, and in fact how you got got here. What was your what was your background? Uh, I, I was born in Saint Lucia in the in the Caribbean in the West Indies. Um, my parents came to England in the 50s. To, uh, my father was a, a carpenter and my mother was a housewife. And we came to England to, to rebuild the mother country after the war, um, which was fun. I grew up in Bermondsey, which was a bomb site at that time. I went to Il Ilderton Primary School and to Peckham Manor School. and. Uh, Brixton College, Wandsworth College, um, Lewisham Technical College, um, uh, Hampstead Studios, where I learned to become an actor. Um, and yeah, I, um, I was and I still am a Londoner. Yes, um, I am now, I will be 70 years old this year, and I have lived in London for over 62 years. Wow, wow. And what was it, uh, what was it about the theatre that, that lured you to it? <laughs> now, Back in the 60s and 70s, the man called Michel Saint-Denis, I think, who was mm. um, one of the producers of the Royal Shakespeare Company, yeah. right, created something called the World Theatre Season. And uh, at, at the Old Witch at that time, there was a company from America presenting a mixed media, no, multimedia um, entertainment called Black New World. Now, I was training to become an electrical engineer at the first water-cooled um, nuclear power station in uh, Calshot in Southampton, and I used to come to London on weekends to so my mother can do my washing and to you know meet my friends. And we were off to see, we were off to some club on Kingsway, and we would we'd cross the bridge, Waterloo Bridge, and we were and. We were walking towards Kingsway, and there were these huge, huge posters of, of, uh, of, 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 of black actors outside the Aldrich Theatre, and we thought, we'll go and see this. So we paid half a crown, which is two shillings and, and sixpence, 22 and a half P, and we went up to the gods to see this thing, and that was yeah, yeah, my road to Damascus. That was, that was where it happened. I saw it, and uh, I was uh, hooked from that moment onwards. So every weekend I'd go, my friends and I would go to the theater before we went chasing people's daughters and, <laughs> and we'd go to see things. I saw some amazing theater. I saw, I think I saw um, 
the man no that was later I saw um, things like next time I'll sing to you um, uh, Lady Windermere's fan um, oh my god um, lots and lots of things that I would not otherwise would not have otherwise been part of my daily life um, all of a sudden on the weekends it became something and I, I kind of immersed myself into this culture then when I when I got my higher national diploma and I, I decided I want I really did want to become an actor, and I moved from Bermondsey to um, to West Hampstead, and somebody introduced me to a lady who has since passed called Nina Finberg, and who who later became Nina Percy, who was uh, an LR. Let's not go into the, in the acronym. Anyway, she was an examiner for the for the London County Council, which later became the Greater London Council. She taught at um, the arts educational schools, etc., etc. And um, she she kind of she kind of guided me towards um, becoming an actor. And uh, and there was she had a small school in uh, in in Hampstead called Hampstead Studio. So I went to that. And. Yeah. and uh, uh, I, I I really um I got I got my my first job was um uh, going to um I think it was called Theatre Centre Brian Way's Theatre Centre because at that time to work as an actor you had to have a a, a provisional equity card at least and to get a provisional equity card you had to get a job and um, and you had to serve 40 weeks becoming a full member because you couldn't work in the West End if you weren't a full member etc etc so I got my, my weeks and I started off I did that I did 13 weeks of that then I went to Sheffield, and I did a year at Sheffield. Um, God, what I played all sorts of things. Alwyn Wymarks, the technicians. Uh, Endgame. Heavens, I can't even remember them. And then I came to London in 1971, the winter of 71. I auditioned for the Royal Shakespeare Company in January 1972, and I joined the Royal Shakespeare Company for that season, the Roman season, mm. beginning in 1972. That's some nice parts. I mean, for a young actor playing Eros in Antony and Cleopatra is not bad. You get some scenes with Antony, no, you get to well, yeah. kill yourself rather than him. Oh, yes, beautiful. <laughs> and, um, and it was it was filmed, so yeah. it can still be seen, praise the Lord. Antony and Cleopatra is one of my favourite Shakespeare plays, and I think that production, and I've never quite seen it got right on stage, but that, I didn't see that on stage, obviously, yes. but I have the video of it, and I think it's a fantastic production. I think the leads are brilliant. Oh, yes, uh, Richard was wonderful. Richard and Johnson, Janet and, and um, Corin Redgrave, people like that, yeah. Um, and I, I also played the boy Lucius in Julius Caesar to the great John Woods, Brutus and Patrick Stewart's uh, Cassius. Um, but, but one of the most astonishing actors at that time was a man called Mark Dignam, who mm. played... Um, Caesar, extraordinary actor, extraordinary actor. He did a lot for the RSC. Oh yes, he? he did. Yes, a lot. Yeah, and for the Actors Union for Equity. Oh well. yes, of course. Yeah. So, what was extraordinary about him? He was, he was one of the first actors that actually came out and spoke about the kind of the multiracial. Um, aspect of our society, because when we when 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 we played Julius Caesar at Stratford, when we came to London, 
I was given Decius Brutus. And uh, there, there, there were some not... not I, I, it would be unfair of me to say there were protestations, but um, it, it was not acceptable. Um, well, not outwardly acceptable. Um, people, people muttered behind their hands about it. And Mark Dignam was the first to say, no, 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 no. This shows you the, the, the long arm of the Roman Empire, which is also the long arm of the British Empire. So why couldn't, why shouldn't he play Decius Brutus? Yes. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, that, that colour-blind casting is something that is still talked about. I yes. Mean, we haven't got over ourselves, yes. even though this was 1971. Well, you see, I think, I think, I think the problem is in is in the phrase itself. Um, the, the, the phrase presumes that, that, that there is no colour difference. And I, in my opinion, I, 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 I feel that is, not, that is not precise. I think it, it should be non-traditional casting. So traditionally, it, a white actor used to black up to play Othello because they were until Ira Aldridge came and changed that. Um, traditionally, um, Hamlet is played by a, you know, kind of a, a white actor. And so what, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're transforming certain traditions within our profession. And I, and I, and I think that, that that's much clearer. But what about, say, I remember seeing the Scottish play at the RSC 20 so years ago, and old Seawood was uh, a, a white actor, mm. and young Seawood was a, was a black actor. Yes. Um, so that's not the same as playing with tradition, has it? Because that's actually asking... Well, yes, it, but, but, the, but the tradition is that a white actor would have a white son, mm. not a black son. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. You, you yeah. see, I, I, we've ju I've just done uh, finished playing Babette's Feast, mm. at, and um, I played uh, the dean, who's the father of the of, of that of that small community, and my daughters were white. Um, I, I I think the only the, 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 what people found what people discussed was the fact that I played the general also. <laughs> the general was black, not the fact <laughs> not that the my fact yeah, had to father of two daughters. So, yeah. But we obviously we mentioned it because because as a young actor in I mean, it's hard enough being a young actor, but being as a young actor in 1972, you're you know you're you're watching black characters on television being played by white actors. Absolutely, yes. And that, on stage as well. I mean, it's daunting enough being an actor, but if you go, but the parts that I should be playing are being played by. I mean. Did you ever? Did you ever? Did you feel that there was progress could be made, or, or, or you know, how, how was it at that early stage of your career that that particular issue? Well, it it, it, it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't that conscious. I mean, I, I was aware. I, I, I knew what was going on. I knew I knew how the how the game is played and what 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 not limits, but. But what, what was prescribed and what wasn't. Um, uh, but 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 in, in in the course of it, I, I mean I mean I met I met some astonishing people, you know, um, Trevor Nunn no less, but the great uh, Morris Daniels, God rest his soul, people like that, decision makers who who were aware of the 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 the, 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 the febrile nature of talent and 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 that. 
encouraging is more important than full change. So I was luckier than most in, in that I was, I, I, I was being encouraged all the time, all the time, from Nina Finberg all the way, you know, all the way down. That people, people saw something and they and they kind of. They weren't able to, to transform other people's perceptions, but they, what they were able to do was to soften the, 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 the kind of approach to me and the kind of, and my approach to my profession. Of, of, of course, I, I, there were a lot of things I, I, w I would have loved to have played and I didn't. But in, in, in the kind of autumn of my life, I, and there have been some, uh, all those years of, of, of practice and um, uh, 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 comprehension and honing of, 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 of the, that little grain of talent that I have has, you know, has led to me, you know, I, I've played King Lear. Um, Othello hadn't been played in London for 50 years by a black actor. The last person was um, Paul Robeson in 1936 with, uh, firstly with Dame Peggy Ashcroft and secondly, in, 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 anyway, for 50 years. And I, I, I was the first to do that, indigenous to play it in London in 1984, directed by Michael Boyd at uh, the Lyric Theatre in Hammersmith, um, which, which led to you know, um, my playing King Lear for Shakespeare's Globe, taking it all over Europe and then to um, to the United States, East and West Coast, um, uh, and that's thanks to people like Dominic Drangoul, who, who who also decided that you know, as a Saint Lucian, I ought to have you know, I ought to be the person who who presents the the, the, the greatest work by a Saint Lucian, which is um, Derek Walcott's Umaros, which won the Nobel Prize which we did and presented at the Sam Wanamaker Theatre, directed by Bill Buckhurst, and we took off to the Caribbean for Mr. 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 Walcott, rest his soul. And, you know, and, and my, my, my um, people like Patrick Stewart inviting me to, to join, um, to, to take a place to the, to the USA, which led to my getting that, <laughs> that infamous role in, <laughs> in, in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So yes, it, 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 within itself, um, there, there were a lot of frustration, but I, was, I, were, I, I think I, I was not arrogant enough to have ignored the advice and, and the kind of encouragement that other people gave me, the, 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 the way people calmed me down and said, just bide your time, bide your time, yes. Well, and ten, you know, ten, ten years later, um, after your first go at the RSC, you're back and you're playing Puck in Midsummer Night's yes, Dream. Yes, so You're getting the real picture I'm, I'm parts. getting the real, real picture parts, yes, and... It, 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 it's it's it, it's it's kind of it's kind of unusual in in itself that I, I, at, at from that time I, I mean I, I had a choice of, of what I did and where I where I went to and I, I kind of understood the kind of actor that I am and. Um, and, and so I pursued that. I, you know, I pursued theatre in Africa, and uh, I mean, uh, one of one 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 of one of my, my greatest one of the greatest moments of my life is when the late John Dexter asked uh, Steve, the late Sir Stephen Spender to write me a play, and he wrote the amalgamation of Oedipus Rex, Oedipus at Colonus, and um, Antigone as one play called Creon. 
which I played, and John also asked me to play um, Brutus in Julius Caesar, which we took to India and most, you know, most places. So um, it. There, there, there is a lot I wish I had done, but there, there's also a lot that I, I did did get to do, and I, and I, and I pride myself in because I, I, I've worked in in other countries, English speaking or otherwise, and I, I, I am still astonished by the kind of colour-blind casting that we have in Great Britain. Interesting. Yeah. And, and what is it about the... Because you have... I mean, you've done so much, but you, you've excelled at the classics. So what, what is it about... Did you realise that early on, that you had an aptitude, or was it in, something that inspired you? Was, or did it, did you just fall sort of that way by accident? I, it, I don't know. I, I don't, as, we know as we know, nothing is accidental. I mean, um, I, we, we did... I did have... Uh, when I was doing my O-levels, uh, uh, an English teacher who... No, no, it wasn't English, it was, it was literature. English was different from literature, it was literature. And who, um, who used to read Julius Caesar and all the, and, and, and the three plays that we had to, 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 we had to, we had to study to us in, in, in the lesson. And I, I, and I think that had a lot to do with it. But um, it's, it's really... It's grace and dumb luck, or it's. <laughs> I think it's. I mean, I, w- I would. I think I wouldn't be that presumptuous to say it's a hundred percent grace because I don't think I, I deserve it, and I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent luck either. But it's. Uh, it's it's a lot of grace and a lot of luck. Yes. I, I can't leave the RSC without asking because you were on stage with the Coriolanus of Nicole Williamson uh, who, who brings with him a tempestuous reputation so what was it like up close? An unpredictable actor. He, he was an astonishing actor. He really was. I mean, if, you, if you'd seen his Hamlet, I mean, he was amazing. And his... His... His Coriolanus was... <laughs> was was there's an old joke um, where the young actor where, where the, the young actor says goodbye to the old actor and, and the young actor says sir it was an absolute honour a pleasure being in your company actually working on stage with you sir every cue was an adventure and there were some adventurous moments with Mr. Williamson. Um, not leaving. I've got to be careful what I say. There were, oh, print and be damned. I'm going to be 70. What can they do to me? Hang me. Um, well, there was one matinee. <laughs> we, were, we were playing Coriolanus. Uh, one matinee. And I played the I played the, the Volsky lieutenant and the second serving man. And I come in to do, to do my thing, uh, something like, oh, "What are you doing here?" Da, 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 da. And he says, "I'm here because." Da, 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 da. And I say, "Da da da," and he says, 
So I come in, I say, what are you doing here? And he says, the lines of the third, the answer to the third serving man. So I kind of, oh, okay. I think I can remember what he says. So I said, the next third serving man's next line. And he kind of looks at me like, you're not, you're not the third servant. Why are you saying me? <laughs> and I'm thinking, but that's what I got to say. You just <laughs> so he says the next one, and then I say the next one, and we're totally confused. And our stage manager at the time was a man called Jim James Langley, who has become a, a very important person at the Royal Shakespeare Company. And James walked around to the to the other prompt side and kind of waved at us and so when he waved I walked off turned around and came running back up what are you doing here and he gives me the second serving man's lines because <laughs> <laughs> we would have just gone on yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think he was surprised that I could remember so you actually saved the show <laughs> <laughs> that performance yeah. um, well you've Having done the RSE, you've also, you, I mean, you've worked for the three, the three major theatres, the RSE, the National and the Globe. Yes. Um, what are the differences between the three institutions? God, you don't get it easy, do you? What are the th differences? In my lifetime, the differences were... I was, I was a young, enthusiastic actor when I joined the, first went to the Royal Shakespeare Company. There were people like Cicely Berry, John Barton, people like that. Um, B.H. Uh, uh, Barry was fights, and there was there was everything a young actor would need. Um, and so I just lapped it up. I absolutely immersed myself in it, and I lapped it up. Then when I when I went to the National Theatre the second time, the first time was to do um, uh, Master Harold and the Boy. No, the first time was with Payne's Plough Theatre Company in 1970-something, 6, 77. We had been on tour with uh, two shows called, one was called Motocar, and the other was Richard III, Part Two, both written by David Pownall and directed by John Adams. Um, the company at that time was Harriet Walter, Stephen Boxer, um, Diana Kyle, uh, Eric Richard, Robert McIntosh, Di um, uh, Fiona Victory, myself. And um, we played Motocar with two amazing reviews and Richard III part two. And we were invited to play at the Cottesloe for I think it was a month or two months. And, and we were the first non-national theatre company to play at the Cottesloe. Um, Harriet has gone on to become a dame and Stephen is one of, you know, one of the great actor musicians around. Um, then my second time was to do a Master Harold and the Boys, um, directed by Atoll Fugo. And that was an extraordinary experience. I, I later worked with Atoll on um, uh, Cry Freedom <laughs> in, uh, in Zimbabwe. <laughs> he, was, he, he, is, he is an astonishingly um, well-informed in, man. And my, my third time was to, to do um, Pierre Gint mm. with uh, Chuatel 
and and that that's that third time I was famous, and uh, you know, so it was an entirely different experience. Yes, I, I, you know. but but again, uh, the, the 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 work itself, in as in all three companies, uh, the Globe, the National, the the RSC, the the work was challenging and uncommon. Um, going to going to the Globe, um, I was introduced by Nicholas Kent to the late Sam Wanamaker after my fellow at the uh, Lyric in '84, and he asked me, "Would I like to?" He's, he's going to build, rebuild the Globe. Would I like to be on the artistic directorate? So I've been there ever since, and I hadn't worked with them. Circumstances, um, and then Dominic Drungle, yeah. Invited me back, you know, and you know, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, I did um, uh, uh, Leonardo in uh, Much Ado and things like that. Yes, yeah. And what's it? What's it as, as, a, as an actor, as a what's it like being on a board? I mean, is that? Oh my God! It's it is it is confusing, in in that you 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 can't. Well, you think within yourself that. Everything you say is about touting for work, when in fact it isn't. You're expected to to contribute and 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 to to have very clear um, um, observations. Excuse me about the plans that are are being put forward. So it it, it is very difficult, and and of course, no, no, no because you're 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 not. Uh, you 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 you're not a, a somebody who 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 deals with okay you're not a bureaucrat um it it sometimes can be quite difficult because you you you, you have to you have to be very clear with your explanations and reasons for certain things and sometimes your your artistic vision is 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 not as subjective as the other members of the board, uh, so it's, it's 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 very very difficult. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult, but it's a lot of fun. Well, before we move to television, there's the, the, um, you, one other uh, stage thing that um, needs to be talked about. I think is that you were you were in the very first the, the, the origination of our friends in the north, which of course <laughs> became a television legend. But it started on stage with yes. Jim Broadbent and Roger Allen, and so that that was that's that. As a piece of work that had an enormously long sort of gestation, didn't it? it yeah, it was. It really was, and and it, it was also at at the other plays, um, um, the pit, uh, and at the Barbican. Um, it 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 was. How do I? We, this is this is this is not um, in the best taste, but it's a fact. Um, we just had the uh, Morgate tube disaster, and the, 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 the part of the tunnel had been sealed off, and we were in the pit, which was adjacent to that tunnel. Somehow, I had somewhere, I think it was below us. And and one of the, one of the strangest things about 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 playing that play in the pit. I mean, I think gradually it, it, it kind of it, I, I 
I don't know, but but there were there were moments in especially during our tech, technical rehearsals that you felt this presence around. Everybody did, yeah. It's the most, most extraordinary thing. Anyway, that's my superstition. Hmm. The, 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 John, John Caird was, was wonderful. John Caird as a director was just a lot of fun to work with. And um, for myself, it was... It was, it was the first play where a black character actually stands up and, and you know, chooses not to kill someone, not to kill a white person, um, his so-called oppressors. And I, 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 th I thought it was a lovely play. I, I thought, I thought my, my, the African sections were a bit underwritten, but... Um, Even more so in the TV version, they're not in it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but um, it, it was a, it was an amazing company, and I, I really enjoyed. It. And it's another one of these situations where you're asked, "Would you like to do this?" And yeah, it was yeah. Um, right, let's go to television. Um, we will get to the the, the the biggie. But before that, you you did a thing called Empire Road. Oh my God! That that seems to have. Norman Beaton, Thomas Baptiste, Rudolph Walker. Yes. I mean, any 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 black actor. I think Earl Cameron must have been on holiday. <laughs> I don't know. A, a sort of groundbreaking thing in a way that it showed it showed lives not often shown on on British television. Yes, uh, 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 you know the the kind of sociology of it is is is, is self evident in itself. But uh, artistically, it was you know it was the first written um, in parts directed by and acted by non-white actors um, you know Caribbean actors um, and, and it, it, it showed something that, that we had not seen before it, it, the, the kind of the, the aspirations the hopes and, 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 and the triumphs as well of, of, of a, a, a black community trying to, 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 to integrate and become part of, of, of the host society. But, you know, but, but they are what they are. And it's, it, it was at a time when um, I think Sir Derek was, 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 was doing his Claudius on, uh, uh, on, 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 on the television. And the character that I play... They had decided that it would be great that if he if he started as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so I may not have been doing ancient Rome, I, I was, but I was certainly doing ancient Birmingham. <laughs> well, and of course, um, we've alluded to it, but you you had a big run on American television uh, in in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So how did that come about? And well, we'll start with how it came about. Oh my God, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> Okay, I've been. This is what I have to thank Patrick Stewart for. Patrick Stewart and, and uh, an American professor called Homer Swander from uh, uh, Santa Barbara, the University of California in Santa Barbara, um, had created this this entity called ACTER, A C T E R, 
Alliance for Creative Theatre Education and Research. And the, the Royal Shakespeare Company had sponsored this. And what it was, it was five actors from the Royal Shakespeare Company would go off to the universities of Southern California and sometimes um, uh, 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 Central United States and present an uncut production of a Shakespeare play. And um, Patrick asked me, would I like to come and play um, uh, 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 um, in uh, Measure for Measure, um, Angelo in Measure for Measure, and I, and I went to do this. Um, so we, we toured, and we were at the University of California in Los Angeles for two weeks, and that was 1987. Um, some it was it was it, it's the Royal Shakespeare Company, so it's an event. You know, you have to you have to be there if you're American. You have to be there. So um, some of the producers of the show, um, uh, Quincy Jones, was there, unbeknownst to me. Then in 1990, we played for two weeks. It was a great hit. I came back to London. Try to get you know get employment. Um, unbeknownst to me, in January 1990, my agent got a was January March March 1990. My agent got a, an inquiry from an American. What are they called? Casting detectives. I think they were. <laughs> And saying, uh, we, we're looking for your client, uh, Joseph Marcel, da-da-da-da. We tried to get, we, we, tried, we tried the Royal Shakespeare Company and they said he wasn't, he was, he was no longer a member. Um, you know, we, we want him to, to be in the show. Um, uh, do you represent him? My agent said, yes. How did you find me? He said, uh, a, a, a casting director called Sally... Sally Steiner, I think it was, um, said that you were you were the person that represented him, and so my agent said, "Yes, I represent him. What do you need?" Said, "We want him to put something on tape for us." So they sent this the scene from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which I put on tape. I sent it back. We sent it back, um, and it, it was the old videotape, so mm. it wasn't uh, this iPhone yeah. stuff. <laughs> it was proper, you know. Um, and meantime. I am playing in a play called um, Joe Turner's Come and Gone by the late August Wilson of the Tricycle Theatre. So I'm doing an American play in London and Americans are asking me to come and do a, an English character in an American television series. So we do this and so we, we, let's say we send it off to them on Tuesday. So they got it on Tuesday night. They saw it on Wednesday. They called uh, my agent on Wednesday night because they're eight hours behind us. Like they, they want it done again and they want to add this, 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 this and this to it. And can you send it back as soon as you can? So we did it. We sent it off on Friday night. On Monday, no, Saturday night, my agent got a call saying, oh yes, can he be in Los Angeles on Monday morning? And my agent said, no, he can't. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> kind of with hindsight, I thought, my God, you know what you mean? No, I can't. Of course I can't. But, but I'm, I'm in this play and it'll be finished in two weeks. Um, and that's, you know, we, we, he can't leave the show. And they said, oh, that's okay. When he's done, just let us know. <laughs> so we, we sent the, so they sent the tape. We did the tape. Yeah, um, two weeks, waited the two weeks. Then I flew TWA from Heathrow to, um, to Los Angeles. I flew Economy. <laughs> Outrageous. Outrageous. Um, uh, I, I arrived. Um, somebody met me at the airport and took me to the hotel in, uh, in, um, in the Universal the Universal um, uh, Complex in, in North Hollywood, which is where all the studios are. I, I walk into my hotel room, the phone rings, and everybody knows me, and I know no one. So I, I do this. I, um, I, I, they, they said, you're fine, you know, rest. This is Saturday, rest Saturday, rest Sunday. We'll pick you up at 9 o'clock on Monday morning and take you to the studio to meet everybody. You have, you know, said, can I call, call, call my agent? Said, no, do, do what you like. Call whoever you like. Just use the phone, do what you like. Have, you know, have, the, have, a, have a good time. We start work on Monday. So I have a time, call my wife, call my agent, call my call all my friends <laughs> say I'm here I don't know anybody I don't know what the hell's going on what am I going to do so at 9 o'clock car comes takes me to um, NBC Studios in Burbank which is about uh, um, two miles away I go in I meet all these people then they said oh come and meet Will so they take me to meet Will and uh, our, our, the, the director of the pilot is Debbie Allen uh, Another legend. <laughs> Another legend. <laughs> and she she just finished Fame. So mm. um, and uh, so all the all Quincy and all the important people were there, but they were all the California people. And so I do this with Will, and Will changes the lines, and I go, I'm sorry, is that how he's going to do it? And they sort of went, <laughs> and Will sort of went, yeah, man, you know. You know, oh well, yeah, I can I can cope with that. I just you know, you know, I'm I'm old fashioned. You know, I kind of they teach us you know, read with it. I say it's just kind of so, so we improvised and of course they fell about. We had a lot of fun, and they said, um, okay, um, we'll have a break. We have a, we're going to the main building. We have other things to do, but we'll call you in a while. So I, I walk out of the building. I walk outside to have a cigarette. And I get outside and there's this huge man. I've never seen such a huge man. Huge fella standing out there um, uh, smoking a cigarette. And uh, I light up, he says, so we start talking. And I said, I'm Joseph Marcel. I said, I'm James Avery. I said, oh, right. He said, what are you? He said, uh, uh, they, they want to see if I can play the butler in this thing. I said, all oh, right. He said, you got an accent. I said, okay. He said, where are you from? I said, I'm from London. He said, what, you from London? I said, yes, London, England. He said, oh, what, they, they brought you here? I said, yes. I, I've just met Will. I've just had this audition. Said, oh, you're not auditioning, man. If they flew you over here, you got a job. So it means I ain't got a job. I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm up for the butler. 
So, so I said, so we're smoking. He said, what, what are those cigarettes? Said, There's a British cigarette. I said, oh, let me have one. So we have, so we said, I was talk, we talk, and then we start eventually we get to talk about theatre. And of course we have this rapport because we're both into theatre and so we become firm friends that moment on. Um, I have to forget about him because I, I'm called back and I and I, I get taken to the main building and I, I, I'm, I'm supposed to meet the network. And the network is the representative of every affiliate of NBC in the United States. So there are at least 50 people and they're all in their 30s. So I walk into this room and it's a wall of people and they're all smiling and saying, so what do I do? How do I start? I said, right, this is what I do. I'm going to count them. I went, one, two, three, four. And that made them laugh. And that calmed me down. And so Will comes in and we do it again. And they fall about. They just fall about. They, said, they ask me a few questions. Ask me about, you know, theatre life in London. Ask me, you know, about what's like working on an August Wilson play, etc., etc. I said, okay. Um, look, we have some people to see um wait can you wait outside um uh, someone will come and take come come to meet you in a few minutes so i wait outside and of course there are other actors going in doing the, the audition that i had just done and i'm listening to them. god you pull oh god so hard so hard our profession eventually somebody comes and gets me and takes me downstairs gives me a cup of coffee and and uh, i think i think it was a i don't know a coca-cola or something and um then i then i i started getting fed up because I, I what it was it was like what was it yeah it it, it was like two o'clock two p.m and i've been there since nine <laughs> So I thought, you know, I, I should, I should, I should, I should go. So I said to the person that, look, um, can somebody take me to my hotel? And and if I need to come back, they can come and get me. And she said, so she makes a call and says, oh no, just, just, just hold on, hold on a minute. So I hold on, and it's an hour, it's an hour and a half, it's two hours, and eventually, a whole bunch of people come walking down the stairs, and I think, I've seen these people before, and they're all going. Thumbs up, success signal, and they leave. Debbie comes down, gives me a hug, said, we start work tomorrow at 10. Um, uh, then all the other people, and then um, uh, someone said, uh, asked me, what do you want to do? Do you want to go out and eat somewhere? You know, we can, you know, what would you fancy? You know, we go to this place or this place. I said, I'm, I'm really tired. I want to go to the hotel and maybe, you know, later on this evening. So I do that. They take me home. I call my agent over here. We have a long chat. She said, oh, yeah, great. Everything's, we've worked everything out. It's fine. Um, I, I, I get to work on Tuesday. We'd, we'd, we rehearse for about three hours in the first day. We rehearse for about four hours the second day, Wednesday. Thursday, we have costumes and everything, and then things started. We, we worked from 10 to about uh, 7. Friday, we worked from... Friday, we worked from 11 to about 1 a.m. Pardon me. And uh, we, did, we had it in the can. We did a presentation. I came back to England. 
Um, I, I'd had a day to myself, and I came back to England, flew first class on the way back, <laughs> and um, I went off to Milton Keynes to do um, uh, Wally Shoyinka's um, Mad Men and Specialists for the Open University um, film, yeah. And I'd forgotten about it. Uh, then, this is March, I think, yeah, March. March into April. In June, I, I, my agent said, I, I'm still in Milton Keynes, because this was a long... <laughs> said, uh, oh, darling, do you remember that thing you did in America? Well, they want to go to series, and you have to be in America at the end of July. And that was it. Wow. But you, uh, but you remained based here, didn't you? Yes. Yes. Was I that? I mean, was that was that a no-brainer? I mean, how long did it take you to work out the practicalities of working in a different country? Um, it, it, my, my, my wife and, and, and child were here, so um, this the, and my daughter was. When we started this, my daughter was six, I think. So yeah, I just couldn't couldn't uproot her. You know. um, but. It was it was easy the moment I I, I I I I I got my green card. It was it was like I lived in America, and I'd come home for you know um, a month or a week or a weekend or whatever. So for for from 1992 2000 really, um, I lived most of my time in America. And James Avery, of course, didn't play the butler, but he played the dad. He played the dad, yes. Yeah, so you were, you were good mates on yeah, the we were, Yeah, we were very close. Right, it was I that took him um, to hospital when, in 2013. And was it a, a, a culture shock as an actor? Do they do things differently over there? It was an absolute culture shock. It, re it, re it really was. It... Um, it, 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 it the, the 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 first hint came when Will you know just said oh, you know I don't want to say that I want to say it I think well, this is funnier, and it's 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 dealing with that but 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 that's minor too. We, we were were twenty eight what was it twenty eight twenty two minutes I think you get of us eight minutes of commercials, but we had we had we had twelve producers. Um, of which I think five were executive producers and we had a supervising producer. So we had all these people writing the show. And, and you, you learned to cope with not only the writing as, as, as rehearsal, but writing as performance. So at the end, during a, a taping, and we taped live to an audience, it was, it was a, they, they came to see... Um, a funny theatre piece for we usually it was usually about half an hour and then they went home and then we tightened and sweetened as we needed to so they came to see a show um, and in between setups they would make suggestions they say like say this instead of that Try doing this. So you're, you're constantly for so from Monday morning to Friday night, your your whole sense of being is about the that project that you're on, that show, that episode that you're on, because anything else is a distraction. Yeah, it's 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 and and that, that that's one of the hardest parts of it. Also. Um, the show business of it was, was, was something to cope with because in, in, in a lot of cases we had to, our weekends were going off to um, 
affiliates to, you know, we'd kind of go off in seven directions. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd end up, I don't know, I'd end up in Maryland or in Chicago or, I don't know, in New York or somewhere. We'd go off somewhere to publicize the show. And so that that's the other part of it as well. And, of course, um, American actors are very, um, are not very secretive about how much they're paid. So everybody knew what everybody, that, that, that was. That's different from us as well. Um, but with we we, we, may, we 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 have a kind of reverential fun with the stuff we do. Um, you know, uh, if, you know, if if you're doing a speech from uh, I don't know from Julius Caesar, you know. Uh, f- Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I come to bury Caesar, not to praise him. I mean, sometimes, yeah, you know, some say, uh, friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me a fiver. Yeah, just, you know, to break. And, and uh, American actors find that really difficult to cope with because it's, you know, it's not, you know, it's not what's written. Right. And yet, and yet they improvise a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, it, uh, for me also, I, I was, I was the foreign brother, and it took about two years for people to trust me. Yeah, because I, I, you know, well, yeah, I was, you know, I don't, I don't sound like an American actor. I, I mean, I, I may look like one, but I don't sound like one. And it took a, it took two years for people to, to be really begin to see. Oh my God, he is one of us. He is one of that. And now, I, I mean, I, I, whenever I, I'm in America, whenever I, I go to America, oh yes, it's that American actor. He's come home. You know, kind of, yeah. And it's a picture of a part. Oh heavens above, yes. I mean, it must have oh been fun God. to play. Oh my God. It's it's it's. I, I I think I'm probably one of the few actors who, who would say actually it's better if he has a look here and doesn't say anything. Yeah, and I, I don't think they you know because everybody wants to say things and I, and I and I think it kind of took the the producers by surprise that I was willing to say I think he's just looking he's, he's funnier than, than actually saying and then they and they yeah they went with that and uh, I I, I it, one of the, one of the great joys and benefits of it's that my character had never been seen before on American television so it gave me carte blanche for a lot of things Brilliant. Yeah. And um, well, I've, I've used that far more of your time than I said I would. Um, another American show that you had a stint on that I can't not mention because it seems to me like a totally different one. The Bold and the Beautiful. Oh, The Bold and the Beautiful. <laughs> now that, that was showbiz. They told you how to dress. They told you where you were going. They, they made, sh- you know, what events you had to attend, um, how you dressed for the events. They dressed you. Oh, yeah, it was total, total show. Ah, oh, that was hard. That was hard because I mean, I'm, a, I'm, I'm to all intents and purposes an, an independent operator. <laughs> it took, but I enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved it. You know, filming four episodes a day. You know, just just extraordinary. I remember one Christmas, we had. To, I think we had to do. Yes, it's usually, it's usually. Yeah, it's one, two. It's. Yes, it's four episodes a week. Yes, so it's it's so it, it's four episodes a week, but it's two scenes today, two scenes tomorrow, two scenes 
the next day and two. So you're, you're, you're moving all the time, you're moving from, from, from setup to setup as you rehearse and, and record. And w it was Christmas, and we had, I think it was, it was at the end of October. And we had to record, I don't know how many of them we had to do for Christmas. For So it's end of November, just after Thanksgiving, um, all the way to about the 10th of January. And my God, that was hard work. That was hard work. But I, but I loved it. I loved the showbiz of it. I, I enjoyed kind of... I, I, was, I, was, I was like kind of... Observer, really, because it, it's like you 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 see these things, and you know, and the thing about America is that nothing succeeds like success. I mean, it's the most. It can I cannot I cannot put it into words. Um, everything was taken care of for me. So you know, I said, yeah, yeah, bloody, hell, I'll wear that suit. Can I have it afterwards? Yeah, of course you can have it. What 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 they they, they 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 do is that they they corset you and they they, they 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 wrap you in cotton wool and they you know they really they really take care of you. Well, you've done Othello, you've done King Lear, mm -hmm. you've done Willie Loman. Yes. So, are the parts that you still covet that you would like to? If I was to do this interview again in ten years' time, that that that, that you've you've got under your belt. Well, I'd, I'd like to do either Volponi or Mosca. That's what I'd like to do. And I, I was thinking of, of Arturo Uwe, but somebody's just done it, so I, but I, I'd, I'd probably like to do that as well. Um, mortals. Um, um, I'd, li I'd like to do, I don't know. I think maybe Voyage Around My Father or something like that. But, I, I, but no, 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 oh no. Um, uh, the, 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 I'd like to do, with Diana Quick, Facade. That's what I'd like to do. I mentioned it to her the other day. She said, yeah, I know it's hard, isn't it? I said, I think we could, we'd, be, we'd, we'd be really good. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where touch wood and thank God the old uh, brain cells still retain so um, yeah um, anything's possible my, my wife said I should I should really approach a full staff that's what I was gonna yes into the mix, yeah. uh, and uh, yes I would I, re I really would um, I'm, I'm I've been asked to do um, Titus in Titus Andronicus uh, this this summer in uh, in Portland Oregon so yeah I'm that's the play you keep going back to, isn't yes, it? Yes, I know. It's just, it's just extraordinary. Just, 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 and yeah. And what about writing? Because you mentioned David Palmer. You've written, you've written. <laughs> the only thing I ever wrote was, was uh, um, uh, a re my rehearsal process for uh, for Othello for plays and players. That's it. I, I, I can't deal with the loneliness. No, I just can't. No, I just can't. I, 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 and and. I, 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 you know, I want, I want to be, I know, Stoppard or Pinter or Shakespeare, or, I, and you know, if, if if it ain't that good, I can't, I can't, there's no, there's not no worth point. the energy. Yeah. <laughs>
Well, all of these marvellous actors that you've worked with, of course, you've also worked with two of the greatest, Kermit and Miss Piggy. Oh, my God. Oh, heavens. That was... That, that was fun. Oh, we, we, we recorded that... Um, uh, uh, um, oh, it's... It's, it's it's Sepulveda Boulevard in in Los Angeles, but it's 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 right further, right down, kind of west of Los Angeles, and it was the most, the most magical, the most, oh, the most wonderful. Oh, just it's 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 again, it's 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 that being treated as an equal to a puppet, <laughs> <laughs> to two puppets. But it's 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 that it's it's like, you know, Miss Piggy's a star, you're a star, and you're gonna sing together. You're gonna, and uh, yes, I, I I enjoyed it, and 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 it, and it worked. It worked very well. I think we were we raised a fortune. Brilliant. And you, I, I'm guessing you just forget. You forget. Oh yes. You just you just yeah you 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 you, you act. Which is what you do, you know. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not a great personality person, so I, I can't do that. But you know, if I have a character, I can act. Yes. Yeah. Well, look, you've given me far too much of your time. You've been very generous. Um, I'm glad we got to talk about the the classical theatre as well as the uh, the, uh, the the Fresh Prince and Doctor Who. But I have just two more questions. Um, one is because you've kindly given a lot of your time uh, for nothing. Um, sparkling water. Um, <laughs> what uh, what is the charity? that you would like the listener to donate to? Um, uh, uh, the Sickle Cell Anemia Charity, yes. I will do a link yeah, please. afterwards. And, um, I mean, we, this podcast is, is nominally convened to talk about Doctor Who, although, of course, we talk about lots of other things, uh, but it's listened to by lots and lots of Doctor Who fans all over the world. So what is your message to the Doctor Who fans out there? My message to the Doctor Who fans is keep the faith. Exterminate, destroy the opposition. <laughs> Joseph Marcel, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Toby. Thank you very much indeed. That was beautiful. Thank you. I hope that was okay. That was far longer than I promised I'd do. My thanks to Joseph Marcel uh, for that very long uh, interview. Thank him. Thanks so much to Joseph for his his time there, uh, and uh, and to Amanda Boxer, the actress who facilitated uh, our introduction, which was very kind of her. Um, Joseph mentioned the Sickle Cell charity now, the, the one that popped up first um, when I did a search was a Sickle Cell Society, all one word, Sickle Cell, S-I-C-K-L-E. C-E-L-L, Sickle Cell Society.org. But there are others, so, um, you know, if you want to have a look, decide. Um, but any donation, of course, greatly appreciated. Uh, that's it for this week. There's uh, a special one next week that ties in with a uh, forthcoming DVD release, which is very exciting. So uh, tune in for that next week. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening and take care of yourselves. Bye bye.
soon from Big Finish Productions. Who was that strange individual you were talking to just now? He's called the Doctor. He's the man my idiot husband hired to kill me. Of course it's him, the most feared assassin in the sector, and you've had him thrown in the cells. When the time comes to point that gun and to pull the trigger, can we be sure you won't hesitate? When I have the Duchess in my sights, I won't hesitate to live up to my reputation. Halt! In the name of the Duchess Miranda, and surrender immediately. Or else what? We are from the Grand Order of Alzarius, and as the Scorpion is contracted to deal with the Duchess, so are we contracted to deal with the Scorpion. What should I do with this gun now? Just point it out the window. Your Grace, it's her. I can see her clearly. Fire, I tell you, fire! Doctor Who, Kingdom of Lies. Doctor, your time is up. Coming to get you. Ready or not? Big finish. We love stories.